I was stuck at about $8,000 per month, give or take. And I doubled my income, doubled. Actually a little bit more than doubled the very first month and the second month, just because I hired one person to take most of the minutia off my plate. This is the Authority Builder Podcast. This is the place to come if you're building a professional practice and you wanna be seen as the leader in your market. We're gonna interview the top experts throughout professional services, and we're gonna share insights with you to help you grow your firm and be positioned as the only choice that clients ever want. Welcome to the Authority Builder Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and we have got an amazing interview for you today. If you are working too much and not getting enough freedom in your business, then you want to hang on and tune into this interview. I'm talking with Brett Tremblay. He is the CEO of Get Staffed Up. He is also the attorney behind Tremblay Law, uh, which is a 40 uh, employee team with 12 attorneys in Miami. Um, if you don't know Brett, he's quite the entrepreneur. He's a four-time Inc. 5000 honoree, uh, been all the way up to number 67 in 2022 with two companies on the list. Uh, he is the author of The Danger Zones, a fantastic book, and uh, soon to be, um, probably by the time you uh, you listen to this, his new book will be out, uh, which is 24 Months to Freedom, where he outlines a, uh, a really great path for uh, attorneys or actually anyone in professional services to get free and uh, do that by hiring virtual staffers. Uh, he's an adjunct professor at the University of Miami Law School and uh, super accomplished. And I'm excited to have him here. Uh, Brett Tremblay, welcome to the podcast. Steve, thank you so much for having me. I should clarify, I used to be an adjunct, but with everything else going on, that's that's no longer something I make time for. So just want to yeah. clear that one. Well, I can understand that. You're doing a lot of things. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, before we kind of dive in, I'd love for you to give everybody a little bit of uh, a little bit more color to your background. How did you get to this point of your career where you've got a law firm, you've got a, really the fastest growing uh, staffing firm for uh, for law firms and for other professionals? How'd you get here? Sure. So I always had the uh, entrepreneurial bug growing up. I was the kid who sold, you know, donuts and lemonade and pencils from my my father's jewelry store. Um, and I I would say that I lost a little bit of that over the years. And you get into school and I, I did have a small vending machine sort of very, very side side hustle going on in college. But, you know, I went to law school not because I wanted to be a lawyer, but because I wasn't ready to grow up yet, frankly. I was just, you know, I liked the student lifestyle and University of Miami was, there was an opportunity to go to law school. And, and I am from a, a state with, you know, no oceans, no professional sports teams, a very, you know, sparse state out West. And it was like, wow, let's go check this out. So I really liked though the trial team and, and I got into it and um, started my own firm three years after law school and it was uh, painful for the first time in my life I was doing something that wasn't just coming naturally it wasn't scaling it wasn't you know I, I think you know, I've all of us are different and some people have imposter syndrome I never had that I had the everything will be great um, I'm very optimistic I bet on myself syndrome and 
you need, you know, that's okay to have either one, but you got to like learn the fundamentals as you go. And, and, and it wasn't just about an idea and making money one time, but building a, a, you know, business that would grow. So I started hiring. Finally, I got over my fear of failure, at least a little bit and, and invested in some coaching and different programs. And I had a lot of success at my law firm. We, we really grew quickly. And um, that hiring process that I developed became such a competitive advantage that um, the story is a little longer, but eventually me and my, my now business partner, who was also an attorney, separate firm than mine, you know, we said, there's an opportunity here with offshore staff. It was pre-pandemic. Nobody else was really doing it, or I should say very few people. And so the timing was great. The, the, um, it's a win, win, win for, for, you know, the client, the, the person we hire for us and it just all made sense, Steve. And, and, and so here we are, that's kind of the, the background that you asked for, I hope. Yeah, I think that's great. And, and, uh, I, I always love kind of getting into people's stories and how they got to where they are. Usually it involves solving a, a big problem or frustration that you've had on your own. And that's usually the springboard to, uh, you know, to a lot of success. So I want to talk a little bit about, um, about get stuffed up and, and, uh, I, I guess share a little bit of my experience with working with you guys, because, you know, we started, uh, working with you as a client, you came to us, we helped you put the book together. So I had the benefit of being on the inside as the book was being developed, as the content came together, and you lay out this path of 24 months to freedom for an attorney. And I said, well, I'm not an attorney, but all of this stuff makes sense. It all translates. And uh, a couple of months after we started that process, I reached out and said, hey, can you help me? We've got some positions we need to fill. We're growing. And I got to go through this and experience this hiring process you guys have developed. And I would love to know what's inside that black box because I've never seen anything like it. I've hired a lot of people over the years, but you guys hit three home runs for us. I mean, literally batting a thousand. And based on all of the testimonials and case studies that I've seen and putting the book together, it sounds like you pretty well do that for most of your clients. And so what is it about the way that, that you go through and, and select and hire and screen people that's that's different. Because I think that's really the the starting point of all of this. It's one thing to say, yeah, I'm going to get to freedom. I'm going to build a team and all of that. But if you can't bring in the right people, you end yeah. up wasting a lot of time and you experience a lot of frustration. Yeah. So so thank, thank you for all those comments. I mean, just to take it one step further, though, you told me, you know, you took your first vacation where you weren't worried about missing phone calls and, and emails and I'll let you, I'll let you say it because you're the one that told me, but you know, tell, tell me about yeah, that. Took, yeah. A month ago I took, uh, 11 days off. We went skiing in Canada. I actually on my phone, I'm sitting in the airport before we left and I figured out how to do the, um, that, you know, iPhone has that thing where you can set up different, um, sort of focus modes. And so mm -hmm. I set up a va vacation focus mode where nothing could get through, no notifications from any apps, nothing. The only people who could call me were uh, the family members who were on the trip, my parents, and my assistant could get through. And I told her only call if the, if the building was on fire and she didn't right. reach out to me the whole time. So I went for 11 days for the first time in probably 10 years without thinking about or doing any work. And I came back and everything was running great. 
I just can't even express how much I love hearing those stories because that was my experience the first time. And it took me probably six years of running my law firm to get to that point. Right. And, and learning how to delegate my way to freedom, as they say, with, with good people in place. So, and the reason I wanted you to tell that story instead of me telling it for you is, is like that, that's what resonates with people. So I'll, I'll back up for a second though. Um, now, now that that has been said, um, I was in a program called the 10,000 Small Businesses Program, Goldman Sachs, that they, they do that in, in different cities throughout um, the country. And Miami is one of them where I live now. And they, you know, they're focusing on growth opportunities. So I thought, you know, and I was in there because at the time I still only had the law firm. This was 2017. And the the there was one day we, we had a guest speaker. It's kind of like getting an MBA in, in, in a semester, if that makes sense. We, 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 it was a big time commitment. Um, and it was about hiring. And holy cow, every there was 30 of us in there. 29 people other than me are griping and complaining and and, you know, millennials this and people that. And, you know, I'm sitting there like I wouldn't want to work for half of you. You, you guys, <laughs> you know, like it's. People, we all have blind spots and it's hard to kind of be self-aware, but like I would have probably been on my phone during an interview too, because you're like, I, you, all you care about is you and not your people and not you, Steve, but of course, I'm like the person that was talking at the time. So I grabbed some note cards around the table and I started hammering out notes for a company called the Hiring Pros. I wanted to help people hire I'm like, this is such an opportunity. Why can I, why, why do I find great people? I don't need to keep this a secret. I want to turn this into a business. So I still have those note cards and I still glance at them from time to time. About a month later, my now business partner, I, I, I really hadn't seen him. This was like November of 2017. And we used to meet all the time. He, he disappeared for a month. He pops back up and he's like, oh yeah, I got uh, two new employees. You know, one's from the Philippines and one's from Latin America. And I'm like, what? How does that, how does that work? You know? And so he's telling me and I'm like, can you get me somebody? I, I, I need, I need a marketing assistant. So he did. And he, he wanted to do this for other people, but consults. And I said, Hey, I got this, this model and, and things I've been thinking about for, you know, with uh, a, a way to grow the business and help even more people, something that can scale. And the two ideas just came together and um, you know, in terms of the secret sauce, it really goes back to the, the hiring plan that I, I learned, developed, tweaked. And that is one, you really have to know who you are. Like you, I, I equate it to buying a bus ticket. You can't, it's, it's almost impossible to tell someone that they misled you when you buy a bus ticket, right? It's like you were in St. Louis and the ticket said New York and you stepped on the bus. Like that's nobody's fault, but yours, right? In business, business owners don't tell you where you're going. They want you to come work for them, but not tell you the type of firm and the direction and the vision that that type of, you know, like, I guess I'm going to take this job, but I really don't know what we stand for. And this is not like a, a millennial thing, which by the way, millennials now, the oldest of us are 42, you know, I'm, I'm an older millennial, um, I, I don't, I try not to participate in the generation blaming and, and griping and all those things. Cause you know, humans are humans, right? But 
everybody wants to know where they're going and why, and they want a purpose. And so if you don't create core values, core, core values and a mission and a vision and have a purpose, then it's hard to attract really good people because everybody's just guessing that they like to be around each other and there's a common cause, right? And, and to take that a little further, if there's a party bus going to New York with, with jazz, I'm a lot less likely to get on that bus than if there's a, there's a, a luxurious bus that plays, I don't know, a kind of music that I like you know, rock or oldies or, you know, rap, for example, because that's what I like. And, and like, you know, the, where you show up to work every day, it's an adventure. You're not physically getting on a bus and going somewhere, but you're creating something and you're building something. And that's a foundational um, concept that most people miss. So it's knowing who you are, developing who you are, developing those core values and, and true to, you know, like you can't just put them on a website and say, our core values are, you know, respect and, you know, all the other things people do. You really have to live them and then you have to use them and where the rubber meets the road is in the hiring process. You want to interview people and find out if they fit your core values by asking them. I'd, I've never met somebody who cares about resumes less than I do. Yes, I want to know if you have experience. And yes, at my company, we, we, we vet all those things. But initially, I don't care what the resume says. And I frankly, the interview is just going to either confirm or sometimes change my perception of people. But interviews are also a little bit overrated the way that the people do them. But I'll get there in a second. So and cut me off anytime, Steve, because now I, I've been talking for a few minutes here. So um, if you want to no, interject. I think, yeah, I think this is all great. Um, so I, I think that's really the foundation is being able to have a process yeah. to really bring in great people. And that that's all about selection. And. You know, I've done a lot of hiring over the years. Um, this is my second business. I built the first one up. We had, I don't know, near the time I left, 30 or 35, 36, 37 people somewhere in that ballpark. Um, so we hired people um, and, you know, hired a fair number of people over the years. And I looked at what you guys were doing and I said, you know what? You do this all day long. And it's all you do is look at talent and evaluate talent you're going to do an infinitely better job at it than I will. Um, and so I basically just said, I'm going to outsource the screening of, of people to the, you know, the team that knows how to do that, which let me get to the, the second piece of the equation, sure. which is this roadmap to freedom, right? So, you know, in your book, which, you know, for everybody listening, it's, it's um, 24 months to freedom and it's really written for attorneys who are looking to get there. But if you're not an attorney, I still recommend you get the book because I was able to take it, you know, and you, you lay out, here are the positions you need. Here's what they're going to do. Here's how they're going to free you up. And it's really the first time I've seen anybody lay anything like that out. And on a time schedule, like you, you know, this is the first one and there's the second one and here's why. I've seen a lot of people talk about delegation and a lot of people talk about the fact that you need a team, but for really anybody in professional services, you've laid out, this is the way to do it. And so I'd like to talk a little bit about that um, and about that progression and how you kind of came to that, you know, those positions and, and in that order. Um, and I think probably starting with the, the most important position, which is, uh, you know, having, having an executive assistant. So how did you figure out that this was the order and that was the place to start? Sure. So let me, let me mention that um, I'm a firm believer that niches bring riches. 
So our marketing, and that's really because of marketing, right? Because if you can't be all things to all people. Now, if all people come your way, then you, you can probably help them in a lot of ways, right? Like what we do, we, we, we can help any service-based business, just like we help you and, and so many of our clients are non-attorneys. But when you pick a niche, then you know what magazines to advertise in, what conferences to go to, et cetera. And that's, I, I have always heard niches bring riches. And now that I've lived it through Get Staffed Up, I, I'm a firm, firm believer. So the next part of that, you know, the question is how did, how did, how did, I or we land on these seven positions and in this order, we have, you know, I have my experience and I've seen a lot of other colleagues try, some of them try and some of them successfully try to grow their businesses over the last 10, 12 years. But we've helped over a thousand people staff up through Get Staffed Up. And so when you take all that experience and you really start looking at what a business needs to be successful, your business does something different than mine. You help people write million dollar books, seven figure books, right, Steve? I help people find great, you know, other great staff members, great employees, but we have core needs. We both have to market ourselves. We both have to sell certain people that we want to be our clients. We then have to execute on the deliverables and then we have to get paid because a business has to be profitable. You have people to pay, et cetera, right? Um, so when, when you look at what a business needs to be successful, it's, you know, around, there's, there's some HR needs in there too, but the time of the owner is the most important. As Tony Robbins says, the, the 80% of the hang up in any business is the mindset of the owner. And that's true. And that's usually a scarcity mindset around what's not possible, what they don't have time for, what, you know, other people are successful, but that's because mommy and daddy gave them money. And a lot of the things that our subconscious tells us to protect us and keep us safe. And so once you, and, and this goes back to people who we both read, Perry Marshall, uh, Richard Koch, you know, 80-20 rules, you've got to get rid of 80% of the things you're doing and focus on the 20%. But your business needs someone or, you know, like it still needs other things to happen. You're, you can't just say, I'm not going to market. I'm not going to sell because you have a business and your business needs to do those things. So as soon as you start firing yourself from all those other positions, and the only way to do that is by hiring other people, that's when you start to just multiply exponentially your time. For, for the service-based businesses, you have to have a good receptionist because people still do a lot of most business by phone. They still call you. That's the second hire. The third hire is you know, marketing. Now we got to bring in some leads, but don't spend money on marketing when you're going to flush it all down the toilet with a really poor plan to, you know, handle those, those leads. Right. Um, and then it's in, especially for lawyers and CPAs, it's an intake specialist who's going to set the consultation for you. And, and I could get really excited and go down rabbit holes on each one of these, Steve, but the first time I had someone show up in my office that I hadn't spoken to on the phone, that was ready to talk to me about hiring me for my legal services that signed up was like a holiday for me. I could, I, you know, <laughs> I had a small firm. I had like four people, but I heard the phone ring and then that phone call got patched over to someone else, the intake specialist. I'm like, okay, well that system just worked, right? I heard the intake specialist set the consultation based on the script and all the training. And then a few days later, that person showed up. I only spoke to them for an hour 
and I saved all that other time and now they were a paying client. So I fired myself from all the 10 and $20 an hour positions and still made the money and paid someone else to do it. And then you rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Billing, huge one, legal assistance. You know, billing's the one that people mess up and skip over that just crushes them. Everyone thinks they need more clients. You just need to get paid from the clients you have. And in the service-based business, that, that's a huge problem. And then uh, there's the last one we call a client happiness coordinator. And that's going above and beyond and making your firm, your business, your whatever it is, stand out and really give over and above customer service, quality, quality care that if done right is going to be, you know, maybe not as good as a book, but it's going to help generate a lot of referrals because you're going to make people very happy. Yeah. Well, and it, it, you know, it was really interesting to, as we were going through the book, one of the stories you have in there with the very first hire is, you know, around the, the stat for attorneys where most attorneys only bill something like 1.2 hours mm-hmm. on average per day. Um, you know, my background, you know, my first firm was a, an engineering firm. We build by the hour. I can tell you that almost all of our people, they might've billed more than one hour a day, but they didn't build a whole lot more than that because there's a lot of other junk going on. And, you know, you said when you, you know, I'll let you tell the story, but when you brought in that first assistant, what, what happened? How did that impact your, your billing? Yeah. I, so the, the summer of 2014, I was um, on a beach in the Bahamas, not because I had any money to my name, but because I had a free trip paid for through an organization I was in. So I'm there with my wife and my, my almost two-year-old daughter, and I have my laptop on the beach. So one, I'm not enjoying the vacation anyway, right? I'm, I'm lying to other, like, look how hard I work type of thing. You know, people really sort of get a kick out of always carrying their laptop. Like, they're so busy. To me, success is what you described. It's where you can turn your phone off for 11 days. Um, but I was trying to build a new law firm, Steve, called the Florida Cannabis Law Firm. That's when a lot of the, the legality or uh, impending, you know, legalization of, of selling marijuana, you know, I guess, depending on federal and state and how you look at it. So I'm, 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 I'm building a website and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm not even successful with my first law firm. Like, why am I distracting myself with another venture? And I'm like, I had to look at myself in the mirror like, dude, you're better than this. You're, this is a cop out. You're, you're, you're lying to yourself that you can start a second business because you don't want to admit that your first one hasn't done anything. And I just decided, I'm like, I'm going to hire someone and I'm going to do it. And I thought I had to have a magic number of money in my bank account. Like, I'm like, well, when I get $25,000 in my bank account, then I can afford to hire someone. It's so silly and nonsensical. That person will easily free up enough time for you to make money to pay them in the first. You don't need money in the account. You're going to go make extra money. So I was stuck at about $8,000 per month, give or take. And I doubled my income, doubled, actually a little bit more than doubled the very first month and the second month, just because I hired one person to take most of the minutia off my plate. And that was a profound moment. So I will give myself credit because I tend to be hard on myself for my early years but I'm like, I'm not going to pretend this was a fluke. This works. Something's working here. I'm going to double down and do it again and do it again and do it again. Well, and, and you said uh, in the book that 
you didn't even have to go and get more clients to double the income. It was just a matter of focusing more on the clients that you had doing the work that was already booked. Because of the 1.2 hour per day. I mean, I just, I had enough time to squeeze in another hour per day, which sounds so simple and so easy. So for a lot of people, like if I, if I, if I am myself 12 years ago and I'm listening to this podcast, I'd be like, okay, fair point, Brett, but I don't need to hire someone. I'm just going to work harder. There's no way I can only bill one hour per day, but it is so unbelievably accurate when you start looking at the way people spend their time and all the business has needs. You have to act as a secretary. You have to act as, as a, a marketing assistant. There's all of these things you have to do to keep the business afloat because a business needs what a business needs. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it just... I wish I could get that point across to more people because I'll tell people and they'll nod and then their mind a millisecond later be like, but not me, but not now. It's not time. I can't do it. I have enough money. All of these thousands of excuses that interfere with progress. Well, I, you know, one of my mentors is Dan Sullivan and, and he has this great line around the idea of investing in, in hiring people and building a team. And, you know, people get stressed out because they're going to spend, you know, X number of dollars over the course of a year on somebody's salary and, you know, overhead and all of that. And he said, well, but you don't have to spend all of that at once. You know, you got enough in the bank to pay the first month or two. It'll pay off by the time you get to the end of that, that time period, as you've demonstrated. I know that's been true. You know, so my situation when I started working with you guys was a little bit different. We had a team in place, but we had some holes in the team. And yeah. it was funny as I was reading the book, as we were putting, putting it together, it was very clear where the holes were. It was like, all of a sudden you were shining a bright light on these three areas that we needed. And, you know, I had an assistant in place, but she was now overwhelmed, right? Because I'd push stuff off on her and, and growth had stopped, you know? So I had that same experience. I had never had anybody screen new clients coming in. I always felt like I want to talk to them before they come in so that I can feel like they're a right fit for us. And we put somebody in place. Um, we started her in December, spent the time period before Christmas, just kind of getting her up to speed. She took a few calls. We didn't really, we hadn't ramped up call volume yet. Yeah. And then in January it ramped up and all of a sudden she's taking calls and it took us about three weeks to really dial that in. And Overnight, we were talking to two to three times as many people as we were before because there were people that wanted to book but couldn't get on my calendar because I was fully booked. Yeah. Yeah. How silly is that? People want to work with it's you. Crazy. And, and you're the reason they can't work with you. You. I you're know. Designer, well, right? It's crazy. It gets better. It, it gets better. So the, the other half of the story, which I haven't told you yet, is I go away in March for the 11 days. No contact whatsoever. Well, she's taken calls all during that time. So in the last two weeks of March, just in that two-week period, we booked more revenue than any other complete month in the history of the company. Wow. Two wow. weeks. Wow, wow, wow. Because I came back and the calendar was full and, and they were people that were all ready to go. Um, I've never seen anything like it. So... Um, it, and <laughs> that couldn't have happened without working with you guys. I never would have, A, I never would have thought that that position would be one to hire for. 
and B, whatever magic, you know, is in the black box that you guys use to select people, there, there is something to it. You don't hire three people in a row and have them all be home runs yeah. by accident. I've hired enough yeah. people to just to know. I mean, my, my whole mantra before was hire two to three and one will make it. Yeah. And a so, lot of, a lot of, yeah, a lot of people do that because the domestically, I mean, it, it look, I, we should inc- include a disclaimer, right? Results not guaranteed. I mean, we don't always, yeah. Yeah, we, we don't always go three for three, but we do, we do, we do very frequently. You know, th- there's so many things you said that I would love to tell a story and make a point. And obviously we don't have enough time. I am overly thrilled to hear your experience because you're in such a different industry than me but it takes me back to the story i told where the same thing like i kept having record months just by just by stopping doing things myself you're just growing because you're doing less of course you trained and and you hired and all those things but i mean it's so profound um you know i i just love 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 hearing those stories and I'm, i'm very happy for you and you know, one, one of the reasons though that it happens is because, and again, this is in the book and, and I, I, I just thrilled that some, at least you listened, right? So, so better or worse, the book worked on, on one person. So, um, but, but I hope a lot of people get this point, which is by removing yourself from the sales, it's not just a time saver, you've elevated your status. I was surprised, and I've never told you this, I was surprised that when I signed up for your Facebook marketing week that when you did one hour per day, I was actually really surprised it was you leading it and I was a tad disappointed. I was a tad disappointed because I thought in the back of my mind, he must not have so much, like I I got access to Steve a little too easily. Now Mm -hmm. I'm thrilled I did because we built the relationship and all those things, right? But by by not allowing people, and this goes for lawyers, for doctors, for anyone, and I say this in the book, imagine if you call the doctor's office and the doctor answered the phone, you would be terrified. Mm-hmm. But we all have that same reaction with anyone who we've put on a pedestal. You know, you're an author of five books. I didn't think I would get a lot of access to you. And I did. And I'm like, that's interesting. That's all that that was my reaction. Right. And everybody has a spectrum of reactions. And frankly, I didn't even remember that reaction until now. I'm just thinking about it because when you remove yourself, it's like, well, when can I get to the guy? You know, like I, I want to be the ones who, who, who says yes. And then I want that second meeting. So it makes me more excited to meet with you. It makes me respect your time more. And mm-hmm. then Steve, what if now, You've got someone who you can work with my assistant, John, who's going to help you write a book or for twice as much, you can work with me. So it allows you to start playing around with even better and higher uses of your time because maybe people do want to pay X amount to work. You know, I had to go through this when I hired an attorney. I'm sorry, attorneys at my firm. Oh, but your name's on the firm, Brett. I want to work with you. And I had to say, well, I hire people that are better than me. Um, you know, if you don't believe that my rate is twice as much, right. And so, okay, I'll work with them on most things or <laughs> Brett, right. I signed up, I signed up with you and now you hired attorneys and now you're, you're pushing us over to them. It's a delicate situation there, but w- just by continually removing yourself, except from the things you really want to be involved with, it makes, it creates more jobs. It makes everybody more happy. It brings in more income and your product will get better. 
Because if you're the only one who can help write a book and review chapters, then your business will stop when your time runs out, basically, right? Like you you only right. have so many hours in a day. And I, I am 0% shocked that you set a record when you took yourself out of the sales process because you had more time to do all the other things. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, the biggest challenge is trying to figure out um, how to avoid filling the time back up with <laughs> junk. Every quarter, I, I talk about this, every quarter, you got to do the 80-20 rule. Just just get rid of yeah. 80% of the things on your plate because you're right. For, for entrepreneurs, for people with marketers, and I know you do a lot of marketing help too, you've got ideas. And so it's easy to, to just fill your time up with other stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's, those were really the, the three roles we, we added and which you talk about in the book um, because these were the three that we were missing was a marketing assistant because I've been, you know, I'm a marketer, so I do all that. Having somebody come alongside and take those ideas and run with them was a game changer. Um, mm -hmm. We did that first. Then we did, I think we followed in order, basically filling in the blanks. The next one was a uh, sort of sales screener. And uh, you, you've heard about that. And then the, the last one was a, uh, what we call a client success champion. And mm -hmm. uh, that's that person that their whole job is just to look at every client, you know, every week and make sure that that client is winning. Okay. And, uh, and, you know, and having those things in place and it wasn't expensive and I want to, I know we're running um, close to time here, but I want to talk a little bit about some of the fear that people may have of staffing overseas and a little bit about the experience we've had, because, you know, I, I've been in the internet marketing and, you know, the online world for 10 years now and, or more. And I've seen people try and, you know, do the really inexpensive off, offshore work in faraway places. You've done something a little bit different. You've focused on places where there's a very high degree of education within the population, you know, and places where time zones aren't as big of an issue. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, you know, our team members now, we have one in, in South Africa, which has worked out really great. Um, and then we've got two in in uh, Central America, time zones aren't an issue. English is great. And, but these are all college educated people Yeah, exactly. that are professionals. You know, they were professionals in, in their own, uh, you know, careers. And be, just because of the exchange rate and the power of the dollar, they're able to make great salaries and we're able to get somebody at a fraction of what we could here. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, uh, let me, let me try to get through the objections most people have quickly. Um, the first thing is, you know, all the three hires that you mentioned would have cost you, you know, 150, 170,000, 200,000, whatever it was, because you've got income tag and all those other things that businesses have to match and pay. And, and the fact that you can find such great people for a fraction of the price is a fundamental game changer for small business owners like us, because you know, when you, when you are doing the math, every domestic hire, like, man, this is, this is, you know, it, it's hard. So, um, and then what that'll allow you to do is you grow, you keep growing, then you can hire more people here with confidence that you have the wherewithal to keep growing and, and paying them. And so it's such a great strategy to layer offshore with, with domestic hires. And the, you know, one of the big objections people have is, is English and the language. Unlike most you call it like virtual assistant companies for lack of a, a better term, because I really don't think that's what we are. 
Um, we're not out of the Philippines and 99% out of the Philippines. The Philippines is saturated. You have to headhunt in order to find the best, the top 10% people in the Philippines, you know, but most people go far, far east because, you know, they're, they're, they're really racing. It's like a a fight to the bottom of the barrel. Can I pay $8 an hour? Who's got seven going once $6 an hour. It's like, like, come on, you're already saving a ton of money. Quality should matter to you. You shouldn't hire offshore if you have to, you know, only uphold 50% of your standards. Like if you have to discount the quality of your own people, then hire domestically. You you should never, um, you know, be satisfied or I guess, you know, tolerate um, substandard team members. So, but what if there's people just as good and a lot of times better who also happen to speak great English and don't cost as much. And, and that's, I think where, where what we do stands out because um, as you said, South Africa and Latin America, the education system is amazing. The English is amazing. We, with our recruiting system, we hire the top 1% based on the numbers, Steve, like the amount of applications we take in and who we place. You know, there's a reason we have three home runs for you. You know, the, the those are the big objections. It's like, how do I deal with someone virtually, different time zones and the English language? And we sort of clean that up with one fell swoop. When we we started in the Philippines, I think I said that my, my business partner had one person in the Philippines and one in Mexico. It wasn't long thereafter that we said, no, we're going to be different. The really dynamic people who think on their own two feet, who can make judgment calls and who can handle clients, be client facing, they're in Latin America. The the Filipino mm-hmm. culture, and by the way, we still have a few on our team who are phenomenal. I love them to death, but it's a very um, four hour work week, e-commerce, fill orders, click buttons, you know, if that's the type of business you're in, then yeah, you can save, you know, not even that much money anyway. But um, otherwise, uh, it's just such a, a quality difference when you're in Latin America. And we have so many clients who say this and we say it too. There's people we have that would be making hundreds of thousands of dollars here because they're just better than a lot of the people that we've hired locally. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Um, and uh you know, having hired people offshore, having hired people in, in the States, the quality uh, that, that we've been able to, to get, the quality of person and the intelligence, the critical thinking, that's a big one for me, is getting people who can think critically, who, who can work off script when everything doesn't go exactly to plan and yeah. still come up with a good result. And we've gotten that. And so I know we're about out of time really quickly. Where, where can everybody get the book? And, and if they want to learn more about Get Staffed Up, where's the best place for them to go? Yes. Thank you so much. It's easy, right? Your audience knows you. They like you. They trust you. So if you go to getstaffedup.com slash authority builder, just like the podcast, then you'll go to a nice little landing page that has information on how you can work with us. Um, it'll have a link to buy the book, 24 Months to Freedom. And it'll also have a little discount for anybody who decides to work with us just by, you know, hearing us on the podcast uh, and then going through your landing page. Um, They will they'll get a discount on the startup fee. And hopefully that's a nice thing we can do for your audience, because, you know, I'm really thankful that you've had us on. Well, thanks. That's very generous. And I'm I'm really glad you came on because we talk with business owners all the time, professionals who are just stressed out and overworked and 
you know, you got you you have a great solution for that. Um, and uh, like I said, the first person to really lay out a plan to do it that uh, anyone can follow. So, Brett, great to see you again. Thanks for being on today. Everybody go check out the book. Check out Get Staffed Up slash Authority Builder. And uh, we'll link all that in the show notes. Thanks for having me, Steve. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Authority Builder podcast. Here are three ways you can expand your authority. Number one, get a copy of the Million Dollar Book. In it, I show you how to multiply your authority by writing a best-selling book in less than 90 days guaranteed. After all, you're the best spokesperson for your ideas. Go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash book and get your copy. Number two, join me for an upcoming Write Your Million Dollar Book Accelerator and let's jumpstart your authority building book now. For upcoming dates, go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash accelerator. And number three, work with me and my team to get your book done and bringing in business. Email me at steve at authoritybuilderpodcast.com and put, I want to write a book in the subject line. See you soon.